I didn't grow up as an athlete. We were not encouraged to play sports. Like, not, we didn't know. Like, we didn't know. Well, like, let's be clear. Let's be clear, Candace. Our parents didn't play sports either. It isn't like they played sports. Well, that's why we weren't encouraged. It was because they didn't play. They didn't know. Do you know what I mean? Well, and yeah, and we would joke how think this is so growing up in the 70s, right, or the 80s, in that we were like, thank God they didn't have a boy because if they had boy, you would have been such a nerd. Right. Like, this is because true. they wouldn't have played sports either. They would have also been in the marching band. What did you do? Nothing. You're the fake manager of the basketball team. <laughs> we don't need to put that out there. Yes. <laughs> they had a lot of self-appointed imaginary positions that I was like you told mom all about I told I mean I told mom I told dad you know but they were imaginary they were imaginary that's hilarious hilarious. I was a very busy person in high school just (laughs) not doing anything I was supposed to be doing but it's not like my resume was very full (laughs) and we're going to play this for Timothy as he fills out his college applications uh, do you have a call? You're having um, to do that now, college applications? We're, we're just starting getting excited about college because he's a sophomore. So we're just getting excited about college and, you know, talking about how I don't want him to go to a school that is an extension of his high school experience. But he needs to make sure that he is going someplace where he will um experience different cultures, lifestyles, you know, geographic, landscape, whatever. It just needs to be different. College is an opportunity to explore. And so, and and everything's been so homogeneous here. You know, he's got, I mean, he has a great set of friends. You know, they're good people, but I just, he needs, he needs more. And I know he wants more. So there are certain schools that I've said, you just can't go to. You just can't go. Because it's, it's, it's you might as well just stay in high school like there's there's nothing different about it and a lot of the kids in this area they'll go to a school that's 45 minutes away but it's not to be honest i even feel that way like with my not that i have children but the law students who grow up in la which is an extremely diverse area but i still sort of say so you went to high school in la you went to college in la and now you're in law school in la like i get the diversity but get the fuck out like right. go go to a right. different state, live away from your parents right. for a while. I, I I understand, you know, and then I have to alter that for first gen sometimes, right? First generation kids, I feel like their money isn't there. Yes. Different there are right. different stakes involved. But if you're second generation more, I, I have less sympathy. Less right. sympathy. Well, my assistant Dominique is applying to all these amazing schools. And and according to like her actual counselor has told her, please, please, please apply for Harvard, apply for NYU, apply for, you know, like Emerson, because she's got the grades. The right. problem is that she was like, What if I get in, I'm not gonna get the um really good um financial aid package. How am I gonna swing this? Yeah, it's very no. You just got to be hungry, but it's true. He's it's hungry. True. So I wrote. I've never been on this end. I wrote. I guess what do you call it? A letter. Letter of recommendations. Wow, how stressful was that? 
That yeah. was all stressful because yeah. I was writing to Harvard. <laughs> so like, you know, I, like, I went in and I was writing all these like templates and oh my God. personalized and, and yeah, like, you know, so they're awesome. really good letters. And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that she'll get into NYU film school so that she can have that experience in, in being in New York. But if she gets into UCLA... It's still you great. Know, it's, it's a great, great school. It's a great school. It just doesn't and it's better for her, but she just means that she won't be, she'll still be in LA, which is great for me because then she'll still be my assistant. But I do want her to have this opportunity to, to shine yeah. outside of LA. And, but I, I know exactly what you're saying because she's first gen. Yeah. Different ideas going in. But Candace, we've got no excuse because they're, your kids are third gen. Yes. <laughs> so there's just. Wow. They're one generation away from losing everything. Like their <laughs> kids will be absolute yes. fuck ups. So they have one. It is. It's <laughs> is it their one shot? <laughs> no. Have you guys ever heard that John Adams quote? Like it's one of my favorite quotes and I'm going to butcher it. He needed to study like architecture, naval history, world history. So his kid could study I don't know, like mathematics and art. So his kid could study this. So the last generation could study porcelain and tapestry. And that was, <laughs> and I was like, that's the way it rolls. You really need to get on TikTok. There's a whole Gen X TikTok that is so hysterical. Again, I'm Bring not- getting started on TikTok. Don't love TikTok. All right, all right, Candace, let's hear it. What's wrong with TikTok, Candace? I want to know. Everything. <laughs> At least for, and I'm just talking from a mom's point of view and for girls, it's the worst for girls. It is. These, these middle school girls get on and they are mimicking their favorite pop star and they put on full makeup and they're lip singing. They're so sexy and they're rolling around at their beds and in their little shelter tops and singing words and language that. That's not TikTok's fault, Candace. I know it's not. I know it's the parents, but it's still. No, it's not even the parents. I mean, it's partially the parents, but it's also partially society and the people like the what we're teaching our kids as far as who to look up to. It, it's it's so painful. It's so painful for me. And the validation that they need. And the filters. It's, like, it's so sad. These girls are on there. And, they, you know, in the truth of the matter, they look beautiful. I mean, they look yeah. awkward and uncomfortable or Actually, I should say they make me feel awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> but they, but TikTok they, is good for us, is what I'm saying. Well, okay, well, I'm not saying, no, but right, right now for me, I'm just constantly monitoring it because of the yeah. fact that my I did allow my daughter to have a TikTok account because just you know, for everybody are. listening, she's 13. Yeah, well, she's 12, but still, but she's, 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 in, <laughs> right, she's younger, send Candace eight mail. Go ahead. But, you know, I think it's fine, but I, I do think it's, it is something that you have to monitor and you're doing. But how do you, monitor, do, the, how do you know, monitor a girl's self-esteem? Like when like me is going to want to look at it because her friends are on it. She's going to want to be part of that community. But every time she watches it, it's going to chip away at self-esteem. Like, how do you? It's How do you not, do that? It's so difficult. But this is what we've been dealing with for all our lives. Come on, ladies. This is why I know, but it's so hard to It's It's at their fingertips. It's constant. They never put it down. I mean, it's just, it's hard. Like, you know, just something as simple as 
these girls put these videos up. And then if you look at the comments, it's you're so bored. No, you are. No, you. Can I be you? And it's just this constant thing. And I, and I just want to get on there and tell them you're smart. You're better than that. You, you know, like you guys don't have to validate each other just on this superficial way that you actually make up a fake user and actually go ahead and do that. No, I never do that. I never do daughter but no, and then no. I, maybe I don't let like Mia can't post anything without my permission she can make a thousand drafts right and I haven't seen all of them you know hey that's up to her but if she wants to post something I need to see it and approve it and approve, approve the music you know if I if I don't like the music in the background if it's inappropriate you know she's not it's not going up there and if somebody else posts something of her, and that's why I check, that's why I see all these other videos, then, I, then we have to sit down and have a discussion. Like, I can't necessarily make them take it down. It's not my kid. And she's never, ever doing anything totally inappropriate. But hey, you know, what was that about? The thing is, you can only shield them for so much. This is part of their journey to grow up. I mean, we had our crosses to bear as well. Yes. You know, and this is just part of what it's going to be. And the more we fight it, the more we fight it like this, the worse it's actually going to be for her to accept that this is the way it is. It's easy. I don't have a daughter. I have a son. But the thing is, this is just what it is. We need to, as parents, make sure that we're teaching at least from home that they are beautiful. They are wonderful just the way they are so that they have the self-confidence to, to yes. deal with right. this. But we can't stop it and we can't slow it down because and that's why I let her have it. I mean, that's, right. the, that's why I'm just, that's why I just say you can't have it. I just said you can have it, but we're going to monitor it or we're going to discuss it. We've seen the one comment blow up into 47 oh. comments, which yeah. then, you know, trickle down to other people's feeds and conversations and, you know, and then I made us sit, sit down and talk about, see, look, look what happens. You said yeah. one thing. It was literally like, one it was thing. literally one word on a comment. And it just, the thing blew out of proportion. I think there were 15 girls all gunning for her. And I was like. Gunning for Mia? Yes. And all she did was a girl's, she made a video with her friend. And then another girl and her friend made the same video. Because you know, that's what TikTok is, especially at yeah. that age. And Mia wrote copycats. But, Whoa. but. No, it's like true. a month prior, Mia did made some people made a video. Mia made a video with her friends and they wrote copycat. So that's all she wrote. But just because of where she is in the hierarchy of things, she was not allowed to make that comment. And then it yeah. just blew up. But I, I mean, it ended up being a good lesson. I mean, it was it was a perfect lesson on social media and mm -hmm. how you can't read tone. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you said copycats, you meant like ha 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 copycats. You did the same thing we did. And then, you know, you say something, people take it the wrong way. And then because it's an open forum, next thing you know, somebody else is jumping in and then, you know, and it just spirals. So I, it was perfect. It was right there for her to see. I know, yeah. and, and the beautiful thing is that I don't think Mia ever 
really responded at all. She made another comment at one point and spelled everything wrong because she's dyslexic. And then they commented and called her stupid and, you know, and said, you can't, like, you can't read or write. And so then she just commented and said, well, I have dyslexia and you shouldn't make fun of somebody that has a disability, which, you know, that is what it is. But she was like, I'm, but I love that. Good fun of that. I love that. Her. You see, that that's your parenting, Candace. You <laughs> taught her to advocate for herself. Yeah, yourself on the back. Because let me tell you, there are girls that would not have been able to do that. They would have cried. Yeah, Your daughter is a fucking legend. <laughs> she's, she's, she is. She, she's got a lot of strength when she needs it. So it's good. But that was it. Like, but for all those comments, she never... She never engaged anybody else. I mean, I right. think at one point, I think she tried to, when she was writing, I think she was trying to say, you guys said it's me, blah, blah, whatever she tried right. to say. She, she, tried she to stick not antagonizing. She was just, you know, explaining the situation and, you know, everybody just wanted to come at her. And she just never, with all those comments, she, she never went back. And then I, I didn't ground her, but I said, how about we take a break from commenting on other people's for a while? Yeah. Just, you know. So that we don't have that happen again. Just let you everybody need a cool. vacation. You need yeah. a vacation. You, need, you can look at anything you want, but how about we just keep our thoughts to ourselves? If you like it, you tell them in person. <laughs> and has she moved on? Is she okay? Oh yeah, that was. She moved on pretty quickly. See, this is what I'm saying. This is the. This is what they're learning. They're learning how to let things just roll off them, which yeah. is something that took us to be grown ups to be able to do. Yeah, I haven't learned yet. Not, I, I haven't learned yet either. I take more angst to her social, like her social life, middle school drama than probably she does that I have to remind myself, like, you know, get a life, take 10 steps back. You know, she's not upset. So why the hell am I? Let's just, you know, yeah. Away. So it's, it's all good. But. So, okay, let's stop here and introduce our guests. So, <laughs> hi, everybody. Uh, it's Lenya and Alex here. And today we're getting a chance to talk to my sister, Candace, who's blushing and, and but excited to be on the show. I wish you guys could all see her face because she's so beautiful. She's like the sweeter, better looking version of me uh, and nicer and nicer <laughs> version of me. Well, we could put this as a video if you ever allowed no. it, Alex. No. <laughs> no. I, no, it's been too long a week. I'm in the middle of grading midterms and I just gave a, I just gave somebody a 20 out of 75. Oh, so wow. this is my face. So no, we're not putting my face on screen. But we're here. We were, we started out thinking we would talk to Candace about raising allies in a white enclave. And, and then we're going to just let it careen to wherever it goes because there's so much we can talk about um because candace has a lot of opinions oh doesn't she remind you of someone yeah <laughs> she's much more quiet about her opinions than i am no i'm really not i mean i am quiet and then when i let them go it's like an explosion i mean the other night with that lacrosse incident i told you that mom was like i was a little afraid of you like and I was like, me? <laughs> well, all right. So let's tell everybody what happened. So, so by the way, both of Candace's children play lacrosse. Timothy is the eldest. He's 16. He started with the hobby. 
And now he's this excellent lacrosse player, plays on a lot of different teams. So colleges who are listening, like colleges are listening. (laughs) College coaches who are recruiting for lacrosse, call Timothy. He has a particular interest in John Hopkins and Stanford. So there you go. If you're listening. And then Mia, who was 12, has followed in her big brother's footsteps and is playing lacrosse. And my sister, because she's such a badass mom, actually was, hell, there's nobody to coach the team like two years ago. She's all learned lacrosse and seriously got lacrosse coaching for dummies. Seriously, there's a book there, called Lacrosse book, Coaching for Dummies. And I read it cover to cover. <laughs> and now has gone to all these clinics and is now like this lacrosse coach. So... Yes, but mostly I got into it because it's I loved seeing these girls like be strong and connect and work together as team players and see them as leaders. I mean, it's really been such an incredible experience for me watching them, but also like joining this boys club has been enlightening because for me, because, you know, I haven't really been in the workforce for a while. And even when I did, I was a teacher in elementary school, mostly women. I worked in retail, mostly women. I've worked as a vet tech, mostly women. You know know what I mean? Like kind of interacting in a male world is not really familiar to me. So I took this on and it has been like mind blowing to me. Just if you want to talk about funds, you know, it's completely different. If you want to talk about playing time field time like i am actually now known as like the crazy coach who waves her stick and chases people because why because we have fields and a girls across field is lined differently than a boys across field and boys dig their fields and tear them up and girls don't do it as much but then we can't play you know because we're tripping over what they've dug up well the boys keep coming on our field and They'll just walk right on it, right? When we're practicing. And that is not okay. If I, I would never let my team walk across another field, another team's field, even if they weren't using the whole field, because it's disrespectful as well as they could get hurt. A fall could fly, could, you know, and sure. hit them. Like there's a reason there's lines. You know, you, you just, you just don't do it. And they get their water breaks and they walk through our fields. They just, it's, and right and then when i asked the coaches who you know are all male and they were like sure you know we'll come to get they never do it so finally i just literally started saying get off the field get off the field and you know it's big and i have to yell and if they don't see me i wave the stick and i come walking at them to the stick i'm like get off my field so they are i I love it they all know me and now I, when I go to the meetings, they'll say, oh, you know, all the guys will be like, Candace, like if we set the fields like, like this, is, is that going to be okay with you? And I'm like, as long as you stay off of it, yeah, it's fine with me. But, you know. And that's with- sexist too, though, right? Don't yeah. you, you feel like they sexist. call you out and they kind of try to make that joke? That yeah, it's, it's othering it's, you. It's Absolutely. They constantly talk down to me. Every single time I go to a game, the other coaches we have to shake hands or whatever. They immediately go to my assistant coach because he's a man. Immediate, always address him first. The parents, if any, are there are any new players on my team, they always, they go right up to, to my assistant coach first and address him, you know, and they're always like, you know, oh, good game coach that, you know, I could be standing right there. Nothing. Like I will barely get, I will barely have anybody look at me, even though, 
you know, I run all the practices. I'm always there. I'm running up and down the field. And I don't have time to schmooze because guess what? I'm doing my job. He is a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, he's got time to, you know, talk to everybody, talk them up and, you know, and share all of his knowledge. But he's not doing anything, you know. But you know, because he's he there. Embrace that, Candace. Embrace that. Embrace that you're the one doing all the work and, and, and embrace that because when people talk about the fact that, oh, but, you know, I spoke to so-and-so, you can be like, yeah, because he's got all the time because he's the assistant. I'm in charge. And, 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 and wants real change, come and talk to me. Otherwise, fuck off. Yeah. And believe me, well, I, I have said that, but the, the, there's just so many times, even the thing that kills me is even during game time, the families will be warming up on our fields and the families will just walk right through our fields because we're girls. The boys' families will walk. So I, I have, I kid you not, chased a couple of families with my stick. Get off my field. <laughs> and I say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you not see my team? Are they, do they have no value? Yeah. And everybody always says, well, girls lacrosse is not as, you know, it's not as good as boys lacrosse because, you know, it's not as rough. It's not as tough. Blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, you know what? The truth of the matter is, is that any girl can play boys lacrosse because then every girl's physically strong. They can push people over. They can hit them with the stick. Girls lacrosse, you have to be much more technical and you have to be smart because everything about that's happening on that field. You have to use your brain and think and make decisions. Just pushing somebody out of your way is not going to work. You have to think about your angle, your footwork. You know, there's geometry, there's physics, there's everything you could possibly imagine in girls of frass because of the fact that you can't just knock somebody over. And not everybody can do that. And I'm like, so in girls of frass, you have to be strong, physically strong, and you have to be smart. Well, the thing that also that that Lenyon or listeners might not know is that not only are the rules different, but the boys lacrosse is what we think about when we think about a lacrosse stick because it has a pretty deep net. Mm-hmm. And so right, the, ball the, pop, just, the, the ball just sits in it. The ball just sits in it. And with the girls, it's actually tight. So it only it only bends a little bit. So to keep the ball in the net, you have to constantly be going like this. So it takes tremendous balance. So it's a harder, it's harder right. to do. Why? Whatever that doesn't rules, make sense. That whatever doesn't make the sense. rules, the rules, when did the rules? I asked this question when I was visiting you. I, no, I, I, I you. should have found the answer for you, but we don't have it. I, I mean, the boys have to cradle too, but it's just easier. It's just easier to keep the ball in the stick. It, it's just, I think it's because the reason why they probably did it is because of the fact that the girls Back in the day, they probably didn't want them pushing and shoving. And there's just a version of the game. And they made it more challenging by making those strings tighter. But, I mean, I think it's, a, it's actually a much more interesting game. It's just not, I think it's not as easy to watch because with boys, you, you know, you just watch them. They're hit, it's exciting. They're hitting, they're pushing, they're, you know, they're moving very quickly. With girls, there's a lot of technicalities and there's whistles being blown. and you know, so it stops a lot more. But if you don't know what's happening, you're like, why are they blowing a whistle? But if you do know, it's it's actually, you know, quite fascinating. And it's been exciting for me to learn something new and learn something so out of my comfort zone to 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 work with these girls. And like I said, seeing them both, I just want to give them the world right now. Like I don't want anything holding them back. 
and things as simple as we were at a tournament this weekend and it rained. So they cut the girls tournament so that basically the boys could up the field. And I, I just, I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I was so angry. Like we paid the same amount of money. Why would, why did they cut our games? It, it, but it's just, the, it's always the first to go because it's not, you know, it's not as interesting. It's not as exciting. And, and honestly, I understand they have more boys teams. So I guess that's where the money is, but we paid our money just to see. Yeah, you know, this thought is also reminiscent of the, the soccer situation that's happening with the women's soccer team right yes. now. And, and it's, it's just frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating as an athlete, as a female athlete in any sport to know that, you know, that the, the, the men, that the men um, get more play, they get more respect, more airtime. It, it, it's, this is even in, in CrossFit, just letting you know, you know, like the CrossFit games, they televise the men. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's just not as interesting as the women because the women are closer in path. And so the fight, the fight is actually there. Like you are watching the battle for first place. And with the men, it's not as, as exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. The same with basketball, the same with, with soccer. It's technical, but it's still probably more exciting to watch the girls than it is to watch the boys. There is no sport where the, where, for me that I, I know where there are men and women playing the same sport that the female um, version of the sport isn't better to watch. Right. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I, I completely agree, but I am just out there right now, like fighting for the funds, fighting to have equal playing time, to have equal fields for every field you line for a boy. If it's not lined for a girl right now, because we don't have, you know, as many players, but it needs to be like written down that once we do, Right. Get that field. Like it, it's not, well, sorry, you know, the boys have all the fields, you know, you have to find someplace else to go. So it is just, it is a constant battle that we are fighting or that I am fighting. I'm do you trying- have allies there? Like other, do you have the parents of the girls across team? Are they, are they allies for you? They're, they're, they're coming. A lot, a lot of the girls have started playing lacrosse because their brothers have. Right. So it's still kind of like this whole bro situation. And even, you know, the families are always kind of like, well, boys across and they all talk down girls across because they say, well, it's, it's not like boys, you know, mm-hmm. girls should play like boys. And, you know, I say no. And I've told my, my girls know that if they say I've at any point, I wish we could play like boys or I want to hit like whatever they say, whenever they compare it to boys, they run. Because it, it's you. not the case. You know, we, we don't talk about it. It's actually, I kind of made it into like boys across as a dirty word. And, and it's not, I love boys across. I, it, it, it's right, not that I don't like across. it. Right, exactly. But, you know, but when we're focusing on us. We're focusing on us. It's, it's two different things. As I tell them, you can love boys across, but it's not better. And when yeah. the parents come in and I said, you, are, you cannot tell your girls like, oh, you know, it's not like boys across or, you know, in boys across, you can do this. Stop comparing. It's two different things. And I'm recruiting this gentleman to come in and coach the, the little kids. And, you know, he played, he's from Boston, actually. And he played lacrosse growing up. And I said, that's wonderful. And I'm so excited. And you probably know a lot about the sport, but you cannot compare it, you know, to 
wrote to Boyd's Press. But then and you have that trouble me. with your assistant coach too, because he played men's lacrosse. Yes. And so every time he shows the kids how to do something, he's doing it with a men's stick. And Candace had to say, you know what? You have to learn how to do that with a girl's stick. Like you yep. can't. Yeah, if you, 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 and that's what I told this gentleman too. No, no boy stick. And now I'm fighting because there's a gentleman in our program who's trying to build the cross and girls across. But he said, oh, well, it's no problem for the little kids. We'll teach them with the boy stick because they're more successful. And, you know, my head is, no, you don't need to teach them with the boy stick because you're just teaching them. And then you're going to, then when they come to me, I'm going to have to reteach them. Just teach them the first thing. You're dumbing this down for, for these girls because you think it's going to be easier. It's You teach them right the first time, it's easy. Like, yeah. Right. You know, like, I don't, I don't understand why, you have to, why it's two separate things, you know? And so that's, that's just, you know, one of my things that I get a little crazy about here. I want to get crazy about. No. <laughs> I want to get one of the, like, ladies from the women's soccer team to come and, you know, champion for you. Because they were able to, they were able to get equal pay, weren't they, for um, their games and stuff? We mm-hmm. just need one of them to come in and start championing women's lacrosse. What they need is a lawsuit. Yes, that's actually what you need there, is a lawsuit. There are things here that sometimes I think really, really. I mean, I'm good. sure. I'm sure it's very. I mean, Title IX is more complicated than everybody thinks, and I know very little about it. But I do know every time one of the women in law students like write a paper about women in sports, they go to Title IX, and all I know is that this concept of keeping it equal is a little bit screwy. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as even as you think it is. And so there are all sorts of ways a school system can screw over a girl's team. But my sense is that this stinks, but. Oh, it it stinks to high heaven. I'm smelling it over here and like. Yeah, see. And again, it's just, I, you know, like I said, I coach very differently than most coaches because I'm all about the camaraderie and building each other up and you know what the only way we're you know we have to play like little kids you're not teaching senior year high school no right i I, right i we need to clarify that so people understand that you know we're still in a learning curve here but i started with them in fourth grade and now they're in seventh grade right and we have to build each other up and it's just really important to me that not only do they like see this sport makes them feel comfortable because middle school sucks and mm-hmm. you always feel like an outsider and you always feel bad about yourself. And so it's very important to me that when they come on this lacrosse field, it's successful. Like that everybody leaves feeling successful. Nobody leaves a practice feeling bad about themselves. They can have a bad practice. I'm not saying, you know, every player's great. I mean, but if they came and they tried, then they should leave feeling good, feeling, feeling good. You know, yeah, feeling satisfied that they satisfied. And, and I feel, you know, I'm trying to build this in this little pod of, of young women. And then, and, you know, you have this bigger umbrella that you're fighting where everybody's kind of like telling them they're less than like I said, when we go to the fields and people walk on it or we go to the fields and they don't line our field correctly. They say, well, this field can be a transition field because the boys need to play on it, too. No, it needs to be lined completely differently, you know. We're, we're, the girls don't know where they have to stand. I mean, we have to use those lines, our guides. And, you know, I have to imagine that they feel less than or they don't feel, you know, that 
what they're doing is is important or as a, important as what the boys are doing. And that that upsets me because yeah, I feel it's like that trickles to, to everything else. So, you know, if this is where we're going to plant some seeds of, you know, we're, we're important and this is where we're going to do it. Yeah. Right. Because I would love it like we got to the point because I think like what Lenya is saying is right in the sense that, you know, we can teach all this, like to know, know this. But I know that all three of us being Gen X, like being in our generation, there is a sense that things were still imprinted on us differently. So if you were to tell me, think about sports at college, I would necessarily, I would first go to a boys team before I thought about girls. I wouldn't just, you know what I mean? It's just natural. It's just the same way you said, oh, talk to me about a university sport. I would think football and basketball before I would think about I don't know, whatever new anything hip, else, like swimming, anything else. something yeah. like that. Right. So it is just imprinting. And the idea right. is that all of this gets imprinted on these youth to be like, what's first, what's second. And if right. we're still always sort of thinking we're second, uh-huh. it, it's, it's it, intuitively, that's just like a, not a good place to be. Cause then you always have to expend just a little bit of energy reminding yourself that you're equal. And that's and so it's like when we talk about microaggressions, right, it's that sense of like you walk around like living a microaggression because you have to constantly assert yourself. No, I'm equal. No, I'm this like men. And, you know, we haven't even started talking about race, but men just walk around the world like they don't think about it at all. At least cis, like straight men. Well, you know, it's funny in in powerlifting because that's all that's what I know at the moment. But in powerlifting, like when you have prime time. For like national competition or even, I guess, worlds. I've not been to worlds. I don't know. But in the prime time for nationals, the difference in the way that they conduct the men's prime time versus the way they conduct the women's prime time. The first time I saw it on equal standing where they had it had it going on at the same time, men and women at the same time, but different platforms. It was funny how the, the, the audience seemed to gravitate towards the women's platform. Mm-hmm. But they were going on simultaneously, the men's platform and the women's platform. But all of the like major judges and all of the, you know, the the announcers, you know, the big personalities were all on the men's table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All at the men's table. And I thought that was that was like, you know, and I'm not even going to talk about race because when I start talking about race and powerlifting and women. That is in a whole other conversation. I'll get really, really mad. I'm not, I'm not, I'm looking forward to competing next week, but I, I have, I'm like not looking forward to seeing the comments about how many black and Latina powerlifters they're going to be. And yeah, it's just, it's, that's a whole other story. But when it comes to women, there's 70 people competing with me next weekend, only like 25 are women or 30 are women. Well, it's so interesting, like how like everything switches. So like not. Not that law school is a sport, (laughs) but moot court is a sport, right? You know, so moot court is definitely we compete. It's not a physical sport. Well, what's really interesting over the last few years with moot court. Is that we've had so many women interested in it. And, you know, now they're like in 1907, there are like three women in each law school. You know, and now there's more than half, more than half are, are in law school. And then who's interested in moot court is just more women apply. We might only have a few men apply. So the thing is now there is like this sense of diversity when we're in deliberations thinking, 
Hmm. You can't just take all women. You know what I mean? Like it is, it's kind of partially because we really do believe it's not uh, about affirmative action or aiming. It really is like diversity, all kinds of diversity bring a better team, right? So, but it is this interesting thought about, my God, like it's, there are just hardly any men applying. And so then we sort of do really get the marketing out to the men, please. You know, it's, it's crazy how that's kind of changed, but yeah. That's the only sport I can even remotely talk <laughs> right now. Because you do like to have a mixed gender team. It's sometimes very nice. And I actually think in the end, I just want to see, I don't know if that matters so much anymore, but you want a little bit of variety if you have a two-person team. But uh, doesn't it also give you like some differences of opinion? Like the male perspective could be quite different from the female perspective in a specific case and the way they want to argue it and the way they might want to present the case. You know what I mean? So I absolutely. think both perspectives yeah. would be interesting. I agree. And that's the same. Like, I always think it's just really great to have like it just as long as the team is diverse. So you could have any kind of diversity of opinion or anything that's going to bring richness to the team. It's. It tends to work, but also, like, I hate to say, like, moot court is a little bit visual when you go up to the courtroom, you know what I mean? It's sort of nice to sort of present, you know, I like, you know, it's really nice if you have a diverse team, if you have two different people of two different genders, like, it's nice to sort of, like, have that as a team because also it represents our school. We're so diverse, like, it's a nice show. And there is that little bit of theater, you know, in moot court. Not true in in law, but it's definitely true in moot court. But we don't get to choose. So we just take the best people. But all right. So Candace, what we really came to talk to you about today was, you know, Louis C.K. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We're not talking comics ever again. I know. I know. They all suck. They do. They all. So they're so disappointing. Yes. All of them. They are. Did you know, did anybody here watch the newest Dave Chappelle? I did no, it. No, and I'm no, not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it either. And I, I know, watched his last two. I just so look, I've watched everything he's ever done. And I am so disappointed. And what I'm most disappointed in is the fact that he doesn't see the power of his words. You know, people forget, like, I'm just going to go on a little rant. But you remember in Living Color when the two gay characters came out? I don't know if you guys ever watched. Oh, I was a huge color. and living color fan. Okay, do, do you remember the two gay characters? Um, I don't remember their names now, but like one of them, they used to do the movie reviews and they would have the snaps. Oh, yeah, yes. the snaps. Right. Okay, so when this came out, you know, I was hanging out a lot with, you know, with a, a lot of gay men, I guess the late 80s, right? And so I had a friend and we, we were once just talking very briefly about In Living Color. And he said, you know, that show has caused a lot of drama for me because, you know, people think it's okay to harass me in the street and say these things. And I, you know, and I hadn't thought about this in a long time, I have to say, but when this Dave Chappelle and, and this person I love very much and, and it, it did upset me. And I don't know if I watched Living Color the same way after hearing him saying how people were chasing him down the street with the two snaps and and, you know, and and calling him names and things and thinking it was funny because it was a joke. Right. On the right. Show, right. So when this whole Dave Chappelle thing came out, it brought up this conversation that I had with my friend and it brought up the, you know, it's it's the power of of words and what we say to people and the fact that he won't even he won't even see that. 
I don't need yeah. him to apologize and I don't need, no. I need him to like maybe sit down with the community and have a discussion with them and just talk to them about why, why it was hurtful. Mm-hmm. I maybe. would like them just to, I, you know, the truth is before this last doubling down show, at least from what the n- news was yeah. reported, the show kind of doubled down <laughs> is like, all I would have required is that he evolve. Do you know yes, what in that exactly. sense? Like, so the the next one. It's like right. the next one. And it should have been this one because the last one was, the was pretty like, bad. You know? right. So it, that's what frustrates me. Like you and I have talked about that a lot. You know, you watch old shows and you think, do they stand up? And sometimes it I'm surprised well. that they do, but lots don't. But in Living Color, that's really interesting because that I wouldn't have thought I wouldn't have thought of it. But of course, that's offensive. Like, of so course, homophobic. That's, that's the show is so horrible. homophobic. And, and, you know, and, and I should have known better with all of the, with the way my life was back in those days, I should have, I feel like I should have known better. You know, I try better now. I'm trying to evolve, right? And with the way I, I see the LGBTQIA community, but yeah, I, it, it's do it with everything. You yes, know, I mean, I'm trying but, to be much more mindful of where my words where my 80s mouth right it's as simple as like where what was acceptable 10 years ago just isn't acceptable now and the idea that you need to just you need to be flexible and that's kind of what keeps you young right is like becoming rigid is what actually ages you and so just trying to roll with it and just be like yeah like what i probably laughed at 25 years now if i heard it i pause it's that pause and you're like huh that's just not really funny and you know, using that measure, would you say it to a, would you utter those words to somebody of whatever that group group is? Would you say it to their face? If the answer is no, then it doesn't get said at all. You know, that's like that first measure. I Like I was watching, what was I watching? Like Seinfeld, you know, which I think is still brilliant comedy and I think actually holds up fairly well, except that there's so much misogyny in it, which I recognized then and I excused, which I don't think I'm less likely to excuse now. But there is lots of homophobic humor in there that is that is not tolerable, even though, you know, there's a wink and a nod that they're, you know we're on your side kind of thing because it doesn't come across as allies allies it comes across as lazy writing yeah that makes sense. they were such brilliant writers you mean that that's that's the joke like you right. couldn't go you couldn't do something different and that's and that's well, Seinfeld, gonna, you know, which is like well, a non a show about nothing you know right. yes. but when are we going to move past thinking making fun of someone else is funny when are we going to have a kind of different kind of comedy? What, what, I mean, I feel like I think I never, underst- I never understood that line of like why yeah. it was okay to make fun of somebody or something or some lifestyle because it was comedy. You know, because I'm a comedian, I can say whatever I want and we can laugh. I don't know. I never, I'm not going to say I, I never laughed. I mean, that, that would, that yes. would, that no, would be it's true. Point. But, sure. but it, it was something I always kind of, you know, question. Like, I don't I don't understand, like, why is it OK for you to say that because you're on a stage? And why do I pay to listen to you say that? But yet, you know, it's cheap I know I, because it's cheap laughs because we all look at we all are 
it's we're clannish and we and we notice differences and so they lean into it it's very the otherism that we're trying to break down absolutely absolutely it does i mean i'm trying i think i told you at this moment in class this semester wherein like thinking about my last barriers you know and and i said something about and i was trying to set the class at ease it's a big class everybody's tense everybody's wearing masks I think I'm funny, but you I are. hold but I hold my class hostage, right? Because I'm great. You better laugh. I'm looking at right. you. Mm-hmm. And I and I said something where I was I talked about like my waking, my like menopausal waking. And I made a joke about I, I'm sure I slammed my mother and said something funny about my weight. But I have to say, like I looked around and even though I'm thin compare i'm still thin compared to a lot of people who are standing like in my class and i'm like i just othered a third of this class by accident with my neuroses right so i wasn't it was a narcissist and i i was like oh and i'm the total narcissist but it was like this complete thing i was like you know what alex they're staring at you and you're like you know you have money you're wearing this nice outfit you're all like accessoried out and I, you know, and I, it, it was just this thing. I was like, you know what? This is, this isn't landing for a third of the people. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was like, I got to shut up. And the thing is, it's so natural for me to do that, go there. It was like, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get funnier. Like I gotta get smarter <laughs> in my humor. So now I just talk about me being an idiot, but I'm sure I'm othering idiots. <laughs> it's still no they're idiots <laughs> yeah i think we need to move past making fun of people there's got to be something else that's funny it is it is so right what we're talking about is basically like middle school humor and yeah. you know what i'm watching mia go through is that everything's about the burn everything's about roasting somebody else and how do you roast them? What do you do? You make fun of whether like, their intelligence, their looks. And, and that's how popular you are is by how much you can burn somebody else. And it's I've just, never you know, understood the roast, except right. if you're roasting somebody like Rob Lowe or somebody right. like so famous, you right. know what I mean? Who like- We're so beautiful. Or so exactly. beautiful. But even with Rob Lowe, like it would feel mean because I'm sure you're roasting him saying, you know- Look at all that plastic surgery. Like it would just be, you know, it would be like, man, that hurts. Like how much did you pay for all that beauty? You know, like that's. Right. And he uh, would say nothing compared to how much I make. But still, no. Yeah, I never used to that ropes. It don't, I don't understand the meanness of, of some of that. You, you start doing it at such a young age. And if you think that we would evolve and learn as adults, like not to do it or. But, but we just, they just don't, you know, I don't know. It's. It's difficult. Yeah, I agree. I find I find that very difficult. I'm I'm trying to get better, but it's it's hard because I do sort of make fun of people I think are moronic, though. Yes, you do. I always tend to more like I'm always the butt of my own jokes. But why me too? Like chances are I am othering people when I, you know. Yes, because you're not right. I do make fun of myself. I am the butt of most jokes, but I think in it, I'm probably by accident hurting somebody's feelings. But at, at some point you do have to just take the risk. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's and also, you can't edit yours. You'll never be funny 
if you don't risk, right? And then if it falls flat, you edit. You apologize if you offend somebody and then you edit. Otherwise, like you're too, ed- you know, you got to get out of your head. We just did this improv storytelling session as a webinar today at school. And so one of my, it's a colleague who is a lawyer and also an improv actor. And she's most of improv is like the idea of getting out of your head. And we did this game and we had like lawyers come on. We had an appellate court judge on and you could see. And actually what was really great is the appellate court judge was really great, like not in his head at all. Right. But you could see this, the two students who were on, they were in their head. They were like, oh, and we're like, get out of your head, get out of your head. Just say the first thing. Now, my thing is the first thing was probably too blue to say at a professional webinar. But, you know, the idea is get out of your head, be willing to make a mistake that we're too, we got to find a way like Lenny and I have talked about that, right? Is you can say something, you can always apologize and evolve, right? Apologize and evolve. Talking about like living in this homogeneous community, bringing up my kids and trying to, you know, educate them. It's kind of a terrible story. One of Tim's coaches is black and he, he had a wave in his hair. And the kids kept wanting to touch it. And they kept saying, like, we want to touch it. And if we touch it, well, it'll be good luck. And that is so weird. fucking offensive. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. God. Like, seriously, I no, would I know this is going to throw me. I knew this was going to throw you guys. I was hesitant to share it, but I'm going no, to share. 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 I mean, this, so, is, this is so, like when I mean, they don't have know. They, they, they love this. I mean, Tim, Tim, no, the kids yeah. are just clueless. But they're they're, they're just, they are. They're they're they're. They are clueless. And for them, like when I, the, the first time I addressed it with him, because I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> um, I was like, you, you did what? What are you want to do? I mean, you run that by me again. And then they're like, you know, I guess somebody finally did. And they were all like, yeah, like it's so great. And then they won the game and whatever. And, and I said, and, and when I, I told him, I'm like, that's offensive. And he was like, why? You know, we love him. And it was just fun. We're just messing with them and, and whatever. And I'm just like, but if it was co- the, your other coach, if you're trying to touch his porn stash, because that's, do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's, got, he's like, well, no. And I said, but that's exactly it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're doing something, you know, that's a fa- it's, it's just offensive because that you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that if he if if he if he were white and if he had a mullet you're not going to be like i mean and maybe they would i mean truthfully maybe but i don't think they would maybe they would but because we're living in the world we are the fact is they didn't right and we're in a place where people should be aware right and and i just just you just you know i'm like it's just it's just offensive i'm like and i told him i'm like how do you feel i said everywhere you go somebody talks about your hair and somebody talks about touching your hair and somebody talks about, you know, what, how many things can you hide in your hair? Like, right. do you know, what yeah, I mean? he has very like big kinky curls that like stand up like this. And so Ooh, I love that kind of hair. Yeah, he's got great hair. But so and what did he say? It, well, then and then he got it. I mean, he I mean, right. you know, he's a 16 year old kid. He was a little OK, like I got it. But I know I know that he'll reflect on it, you know, yeah. it, that. Oh, okay. That probably wasn't the coolest thing. And even though Kenyon was cool with it, Kenyon might have gone home and been like, you know, 
these bunch of little assholes that I coached, you know, wanted to touch my hair and, you know, we're saying it was for good luck. And, you know, I'm like, you just, you yeah, know, but Candace, just, he could have used this as a teachable moment and he didn't. Yeah. So yes. Well, yeah, true. true. It's true. But, but it's hard. Really, I mean, yeah. That but was a teachable moment that he missed out. Right. Yeah. It's a perfect but, time for him to say, yeah. You guys have been learning a lot in the, but that's the trouble about a, a white enclave though, right? Because while Timothy, I think would have been really receptive to yes. him saying, okay, let's stop everybody while I think you all mean well, right? right. You've all seen the mosquito, you know, microaggression video yes. where, you know, you've, you, we've taught, we've been talking at the, in the school system about microaggressions. This is actually one where, you know, you think you're being nice, but actually I have to put up with this kind of crap all day long and it's, and it's, and I go home and I'm, this is exhausting. This isn't cute. And while, and while I think Timothy would have been like, Oh my God, I totally get it. I think other kids would have been like, nobody's ever mentioned the word microaggression to me. Nobody has ever said any of this stuff to me. And they would have been outraged. And that's why I, I, and in today's world where teachers are being run out on mistaking what critical race theory even means but if anything comes up involving race or like critical race theory let's like let's get rid of the person like he might be fearful for his job right in a white enclave and not be able to to do it i mean i just think we live in a time where it's scary out there it's so sad no it's true but it's just i mean it was so shocking to me when he came and told me the story and me didn't and you know, he, it's true. I mean, he said it with relative innocence because he loves, like, this is a coach that he really, like, loves and respects. And, you know, he thought they were just having this, like, fun kind of guy, bro moment. We're teasing you. You don't want us to touch your head. We're going to touch your head. You know what I mean? Like, it, but I was like, but you know what? You just can't, in today's society, like, you just, you can't do that. Like, it's, it's, it's not appropriate. And like where he didn't see race, but race is always there. Right. Right. But and still, uh, I, I know you guys are saying it's a white enclave and he and this, this particular teak. I mean, I, you know, I still feel like, like he could have said something. he, he yeah. had the, he needed to be the one to say something. It's fantastic that it's coming from you, Candace, because it just reinforces if he had said something, do you know what I mean? But it's important for black people to stand up for one another, for standing up for themselves, because then they can stand up for all of all of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and it's true. And, and you I know what? I agree with that. I, agree. I have a problem with black people who allow themselves to be doormats. You know, I just won't do it anymore. And I didn't do it in, in Australia. Like I, and I got called names. I was the angry black person because I, I just would not allow this kind of behavior. And you know what? I just don't care. I just don't well, care. You shouldn't and allow it. I mean, you shouldn't allow it. And I, well, and and the stakes are low, right? So I guess in that sense, stakes were really low, right? Because he didn't have to say, hey, you guys, let's, he didn't have to do it in the moment. He could have said it the next day and said, no. look. You know, nobody's in trouble. In There's no stakes. I, you know, I know you guys. I know you guys love me as a coach, but you know, right. and then had a little moment. And you're right. Like the, it could have been. It could have been handled. Could have been a teachable moment. Yeah. But I was. But it, it. It's those moments that happen. 
that are just so glaring when you're like, oh my gosh, where do we live? You know, and I mean, it could have happened anywhere. It's just more likely that it's going to happen here, you know? So it's been, it's, it's always interesting when things come up here. I mean, I would say race is definitely an issue here, but because there really are no people of color here, it, it, it's just... And I have to say for everybody listening, I was at a lacrosse game in March and I, I, it was like, I was like, there were no brown haired people. It was like, okay, it, was like it was like so white. It was like, wow, everyone is blonde. It's so it was just, it was when I say white, crazy white. Yes. But yes. yeah. Like we, we, we stand, my family stands out here and right. we should not, we right. are very, you know, we are, well, me is not fair, but the rest of us are, you know, we're, but, but just being brunettes, we, we stand out. So after the, like in tw- the summer of 2020, like there was a march in your town. Yeah. Oh, that was a Black Lives Matter experience. We had, there are, there are very few Black families in our, in our school system. But in 2020, after George Floyd, there, there was a young girl, I guess at that time she was a sophomore. And she put together a, it was a march, a Black Lives Matter march, but it really wasn't, it was, it ended up being, I don't even know what to call it. It was, it was so wonderful and enlightening. She, we came together and we spoke and she spoke to the community about what it felt like going to our high school being, you know, a black young woman. And that she actually left our high school to go to a larger one in the neighbor neighboring town because there was so much racism. And but a lot of it was this microaggression. So, you know, nobody in the town really knew about it, you know, because they were like, oh, you know, we're not doing anything wrong. But she felt so such an outsider getting all the comments of, you know, oh, well, you know, you're pretty for a black person or, you know, all those things. And she. She just shared with everybody. And then she she had some other families that she knew that were also came from communities kind of like ours come and speak. We had some college kids come and speak. We had, I don't know, it was it was enlightening. And I mean, I just I wept because I felt I don't know if it's right to say I I felt her pain. Like I and I I just was like, wow, I I I'm so sorry that you felt this way. And I, I can't even imagine it's, I, there, I can't, I can't imagine how that would feel. And I was so happy that my kids were with me because I, I felt like it was like, it, it was nice to, to hear from their peer talking right. about, you know, her experiences because when there's only one person, do you know what I mean? Unless, unless you know that person, unless you have an opportunity to interact with that person, you just, you just don't know, you know, you, yeah. nobody knew that she was having these issues. And I mean, and there were actually things that were blatant and kind of what we would expect with racial slurs and things like that. But it was, it was more the things of people that were supposed to be her friends or her friend's parents that she just was like, I can't, I can't be here anymore. And, and she left, but, but I was proud that the community, that, that people came out and, and listened and they seemed to really listen. And I appreciated that they, they opened the mic and, you know, there were some opportunities where, you know, some people came up and they spoke just to hear themselves speak and, you know, whatever. But I think overall, 
the community like really let the people who needed to speak speak and 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 we listened and and it was it was a great it was just a great experience and I was happy that my children were there um to listen and I really think it resonated with Tim a little bit more with Mia just because he was he was older he was getting ready to go into the high school but he's been he's been trying to be aware I mean he had his coach incident but even then when I spoke to him about it he was you know at first he was a little defensive but you'd kind of see the light bulb go off a little bit with the oh I kind of get what you're saying that was yeah <laughs> but they're I really can, I mean but these both your kids like were really into the Trump Biden election right oh, so yeah. into it so into it I mean Tim definitely lost some friends I mean but he actually I think that his girlfriend and he basically broke up over that piece so he just couldn't yeah, well her parents it. were Trump voters I mean right. they and, and she was and, to the door I'm sorry and therefore she was too and he just kept saying why are you following what your parents are saying listen open your eyes make a decision for yourself like have have your own thought I don't understand and he would say I don't understand that as a woman you you know, can support him as your president. And, and, he, and he just couldn't take it. And, and basically they broke up and she didn't like that. He was saying stuff like that to her. And he was like, well, no problem. See ya. Timothy. So there's somebody out there out there for him. You know, absolutely. Oh, yeah. well, funny because he doesn't, he's not really interested in, in dating anyone, which is fine. Cause he's got a lot of things to do, but the only girls he talks to, and when he talks to them, he always says, well, it's because we have a lot of things in common politically. <laughs> so, oh, my God. If, my, if we believed in heaven, mom is so proud right now. She's, yeah. She doesn't know what to do with herself. I mean, he always said he's talking to, at one point he was talking to his friend's cousin. I'm like, well, how do you know her? Why are you talking to her? Because she's in another school district. And he's just, well, because my friend said, told us to start talking because we had a lot of things in common. And he's like, oh, we do. Like, you know, she's liberal. She doesn't like Trump. She's, you know, anyway, this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, well, we love her. She can come over. <laughs> but, um, Meanwhile, she's 25 and a drug yes. miller, but it exactly. doesn't matter. Right. 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 But he is, I mean, he is, he is oh, very. The bar is so low. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Why go right with the bar is so low? Would it just be like you can't, you know, you can't be a, a Trump supporter? Right. Yeah. But, I, but we start there. That's, that's, that's no, the first question. And then we can, we can go from there. But he is very, and that's all on him. Like, I mean, we've talked about things, but I mean, he takes this all you know, very, very seriously. And I, I appreciate that. And it's hard. It's very hard here. We are in Trump land. I mean, people still have their Trump sides up. People will defend him, you know, defend Trump every which way they can. I mean, I, I mean there's conspiracy theory there. I can't even talk to people half the time. And I feel bad because he's got to go to school with all these people. And he, you know, he manages always to hold his own. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't sway. And I, I appreciate it. I'm really, I'm really proud of her. Mia, on the other hand, is the same way, but I think she's a little younger and she just wants to fight. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, she just kind of, kind of wants to pick a fight and be like, you know, you like Trump, you suck. Like, kind of, like, she's it. But she's younger, so she doesn't have as much to, to, to stand on. But we'll, we'll take that as a, as a starting place. But she did, they both... 
I didn't make them, but they both watched all of the debates, you know, and they've sat through through all of them. Tim didn't miss anything. You know, Tim would read the paper with me in the morning, you know, just so he can, because I, I kind of felt like he also needed to go to school and have his ammunition. You know, he couldn't yeah. kind of sit back and just say, oh, well, you know, this is the way I, I, I am. And he didn't want to feel like, well, people say that I'm, I'm liberal or I support Biden because my parents do. He wanted to, to stand on his own two feet and say, this is why I, I believe this. So I feel like I've gotten lucky with him. <laughs> but how do you manage? So like for other parents out there who are like raising their kids in white enclaves, how are you teaching them that xenophobia is, is bad? I mean, for lack of a better word, like races, but how are you teaching them to be allies? I think, I mean, I don't think I'm doing a very good job. I'm trying really hard. I think that always having an open dialogue, you know, with them. I mean, even just having this whole conversation about his coach and just, and, and having it be kind of a conversation, not like you did something wrong. It was kind of like, you know, how did your coach feel about that? You know? Oh, well, he didn't want us to do it. Well, why do you think he didn't want you to do that? You know? And, and what made you do that? And like I said, would you have touched the, the other coach's mustache? Is that going to be good luck? No. So let's, you know, just kind of, I always try to have the conversation with them. And, and I hope that they come to the, the conclusion that I want them to come to, but they kind of come to it on their own. You know, I've been much better, I think, since, well, since COVID and Trump and, you know, everything that's happening in the news of of reading more and making sure that the kids see that I'm reading more and discussing the articles and things that I'm reading just in conversation. For me, I feel like it, it, it can't be a lesson because I have to admit my kids are not readers. So I can't say, here, read this article or here's this great author or read this book because they, they're going to not want to do it. So for me, it's always, I mean, there are books laying around. I mean, after, you know, I would say probably for the last three years, there's been even if they're children's books, they're, they're laying around and they are either by, you know, authors of diverse backgrounds or books on gender and, you know, sexuality and things like that, where they're just there so they can, you know, they might pick them up, tend to put them in the bathroom too. I mean, it sounds silly, but just because anything that might just stimulate a conversation. Sure. Or, and just to show inclusivity. Right. You know, and that's the one thing I can do. And then, when their friends say things or do things, you know, it's, again, that's a conversation starter all the time. I mean, my, like I said, it can even go back to TikTok there, you know, lots of these kids like to post themselves, like doing dances and singing songs and there's racial slurs in them. And I'm like, no, that's not okay. And, and I struggle with it because I know the music is out there. I know that, you know, it's, it's accepted, but I, I don't know that it's right for, for my child to be singing and dancing and mouthing racial slurs. Like it's, it's not, that's not okay with, with me. It's, it's not appropriate. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just always kind of having those conversations. And I what think. What do you that, think about that new, isn't there like a trend where like kids, white kids on TikTok, when the racial slur comes up, they'll go. What do you think about that, Lenya? I think that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. So when I say go like this, everybody, it's like the shush sign. It's uh, the finger of the word. They're not not saying the word, word. like just going like this. 
I don't mind. I don't mind them doing that. But I have I, what I have a problem with. I have a problem with how many white people in these white enclaves love black culture, black music, and black fashion, but hate black people. I feel like that too. I mean, this is all. I mean, the music. It's it's all black music that these kids these kids love, and they're they're all into it. And I mean, I don't. I feel like some of these kids can't have an opinion on black people at all because they've just never even come in contact with anybody so they you know what i mean like for them it's literally just what they what they see like on tv which could be such terrible representation right you know i mean and i kind of feel like sometimes when they're singing these rap songs like it's not the best representation and so i you know i struggle with that the kids here i know that that's a trend i don't see it as much i might see them not say the word like, do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're singing the song, whatever. And then it, you just kind of see them not say it. And then, you know, then they keep going. But, but for me, I just don't feel like anybody's educated enough here for them to, to, to do that. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, you, yeah. just, you don't need to, you don't, you don't need to participate. I was wondering, do, what do you guys think of the new Wonder Years? Which I haven't seen it yet. Apple. I've only, I only saw the first episode and I wasn't like wholeheartedly paying attention. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not a reboot of the other one. It's, it's a very, very different show. And I think it's, I had to watch more of it. I just, I find it really interesting because a lot of my black friends have watched it, obviously, because it's a black show. But I think this is a black show geared towards a white audience to, in, to sort of educate a white audience about you know, black suburban life. Mm-hmm. And I find it really interesting. A lot of white people that I asked have not watched it. I watched the first one. It's on my, it is on my list. And I do love Drew Hill. So, I mean, there is that part too. So when we think about shows that were wa- black shows, were black shows, quote unquote, that were watched by white people. Okay, so white people watched The Jeffersons. I don't yeah, know. But, I, but that's not a show that was there to educate people about, educate people that show was there to entertain you yeah. and it right. was very okay. stereotypical what about good times again very stereotypical i am very uncomfortable watching that show okay what about what about cosby show well uh, cosby show was then on another end you yeah. know like how many like you know most black people didn't well, didn't represent as oh, well. yeah, yeah but let's say all right but let's just let's just wait wait most white television doesn't represent either. I mean, it's if you were to you have a, you have yeah. the full spectrum, more. right? You have yeah. the full spectrum on TV. There is in some show way, way, shape, or form, you can see yourself represented. Yeah, I very right. rarely see myself represented on TV. If you work for Insecure, to quite frankly, I don't, I don't really what know. About, what was that show? It was about the co- comedian? Everybody hates Chris. Yeah, everybody hates Chris. That's not my line. No, I know, I, I know. No, but, that, no. but again, that show wasn't really about educating. But I mean, this I mean, show was specifically designed, right? Okay, to educate white people, to educate white people about black suburban life on a more realistic scale. Well, the thing that I found really interesting that I only watched the first episode. I don't like a lot of thirty-minute TV shows, yeah. so it's I don't. It's hard. To, it's hard. Right. And so that's just not my thing. But what I found that stood out to me that was so interesting in that first episode is I forget the character, main character's name, but he has his white friend. Mm-hmm. 
and a friend keeps going, oh, he's not racist. He's not racist. He didn't mean that. Somebody would make like a microaggression or a blatantly racist statement. And, you know, his friend was always like, you know, just constantly saying, oh, he didn't mean it like that. He didn't mean it like that. I don't know. I just, I, I don't. Sure and that was there for you to notice. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, it, that was the thing that stuck out for the whole thing was like, here's the, like, they're friends and they are like, they genuinely each other, but you know, immediately they were just like, nope. And, you know, and I, I it's hard to say, cause it was the kid was the child did, did the child know it was racist? And that's why he was saying, Oh, that's not racist. Or was he, you know, basically just, and like, don't worry about it. Let it roll off your back. You know, it, you know, it's just, it's just, I was like, wow. That, it made, wait, every time the kid said it, it made me uncomfortable. I was just like, right. so, which was the point. But I was like, wow. I mean, for me, that, that did hit home more than anything else just in that episode was like, oh, like I wanted to wring the kid's neck. Yes, it is. <laughs> I find it really interesting when I watch these shows. It's okay for black people to be uncomfortable when we're talking about black history and when we're talking about white history and black history and Native American history. And where well, we have to be uncomfortable with it's just part of what it is to be black. But when we start talking about white culture, feeling uncomfortable about being white and seeing the way that white culture is so prevalent and how everything is wrapped in white supremacy, white people are not comfortable being uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not even like willing. They're, they're so it's not willing. You know I mean? It's new to us. But it's like but, but every other culture is expected to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, like I, I it, it's, it's just, it's part of who you are. Like I, I was watching, sorry, bringing back to TikTok, but Sandra O's okay. daughter, Sandra O's daughter is on TikTok and she talks about Asian representation on TV and mm-hmm. on, in movies. She talks about how Asian people are made are always so uncomfortable because their stereotypes on TV and, and in the media are really bad, mm-hmm. like really, really bad. They're either the model majority or they're like completely made fun of or they're completely erased by having some white person play them. Oh, right. yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just it, it, I find it so interesting. And I wonder if that's the reason why none, why none of the people that I know are watching the show because they don't because. Generally, and I'm not saying that this, that, that I'm just saying generally, right. why people don't want to be uncomfortable in seeing something like that. They just, you know, especially TV, you know, it's that whole okay. same thing with yeah. Laura Ingram telling, you know, the black players to shut up and dribble because they want to be entertained by black people, but they don't want to be made uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I think that's dumb in culture, like the way that works. It's just dominant culture and nobody, we get very, and I say we as part of the dominant culture, that's very it's like sedentary thinking. You know what I mean? We just want to be made comfortable. I also just want to point out that the timing of the show is questionable because yeah. like yeah, in the pandemic, time. right after Trump, like right at like we're all uncomfortable all the time. So like what I feel like people are also wanting to watch is comfort food. Do, does that make sense? And so nobody wants to be challenged. But well, the show was des- was supposed to have been on prior, but you know the pandemic just yeah everything up, right? So I think it would have come across much better under the Trump umbrella. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And before the pandemic, I mean, before we were all like sucking our thumbs and eating yeah. donuts. Like I, I, I agree that you know I'm basically watching fantasy 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I, I'm not interested in anything real, although I just I did just download the first two episodes. I'll watch it because I was like, oh, it was set in the 60s. I can maybe watch something that occurred in the past because, yeah. you know, but watching things right now that are present and right. making me think or challenging me, I just I find life so challenging right now that I don't want my entertainment to be challenging and. That's a little bit middle age talking. It's a little bit where we are in life talking. You know, it's never That's for enough. You know, I'm, hard, I'm like not I, I me who loves TV. I'm finding it hard to watch anything. Yeah, I'd rather sit and watch TikTok for twenty hours. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's so I'm funny. Sure. I've been I've been holding on like the the current season of British Bake Off has just been happening, and I've been I've been. I haven't started watching it yet because I'm like, I'll have 10 episodes of Pretty Big Pop. You know, I have to hold on to them. And then, and I like Project Runway. And like, I noticed that's on and I'm like, I'm going to hold them all until the very end. Then I'll binge watch them at some point when I'm very tired. Like it's, yeah. Like I, I, I think it's hard to release a show right now because, you know, I don't think people... You know, everybody's sort of polarized. I mean, it is we are in a place of disconnectedness, mm -hmm. you know, and I and I think it's hard. And but I mean, I honestly think like casting Dual Hill is also an interesting decision, right? He's amazing, but there's so many amazing black actors. But talk about an actor who everybody confuses and thinks was Rudy on <laughs> the Cosby show. on the Cosby Show. Then he was on West Wing, which is the white people's favorite show. And, you know, and then he was on Psych, which is a goofy, like, white people show. And though I was like, everybody's, oh, it's Dual Hill. Like, we'll watch. Mm -hmm. Right. We'll watch it's it's going to be like this you know white. Like, yeah. 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 Well, let's, hope that, let's hope that it, I, I'm really hoping it takes off. I think it's written really well. I'm really hoping it takes off. You know, you know, but, he did go to yeah. high, he's a New Jersey guy, too. Oh. So there's another. Yeah. Another Jersey He's another South, but still. We'll keep him. My, you know, my coach is from New Jersey, so I, you'll love my coach. See, if you're from New Jersey, I will like you. That is how it goes. All right, I we've been going an hour and 45 minutes. Candace, you were nervous. Did you survive? I did survive. I don't think I said anything, of, you know. Well, you're coming back. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't even had our all women's over 50 hour like that. Yeah, we have, you have to talk about it. We need to bring in a few women. We should have like, yeah. we should have a few women because I think this is a very interesting conversation. I have, a, I now have three or four girlfriends over 50, which I never had in my life. And we all have such different experiences. We're all over 50, Lenya. You're like, I never had women friends over 50. No, 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 no. But I mean, since in the last, I mean, you were my only friend that was over 50 for a good five years. Okay. Well, I yeah. haven't been over 50 for years. years. Four years. Right. Four years. Four right. years. Four years. Okay. I, I mean, I just turned 54. Yeah. And I'm two months younger. Yes. Oh, my God. You know, I don't really feel 54. I don't know what that means. Right. You know, well, we'll like, have to talk about it because I really feel, I really, I really feel, feel 50. 50. I, really? I feel, I feel 50. And I, I but I, but it, it's funny. I feel more 50 in this environment where I live. Then I think I feel 50. If you were here with if us. I, if, yes. Even though when I, last time I did come to California, I felt so Midwestern and out of place that I wanted to cry. Oh, so, I feel, so I felt very 50 then, but then I felt 50 frumpy and Midwestern. Oh my God. Wait no. a minute. That, oh, that's horrible. Um, that's horrible. Why but, do you feel that way? 
because when you live out in the middle Midwest and politically everybody's so conservative and it's they almost forget when you leave here, like that there are people that are 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 liberal and you know so conformed. You know, here it's everybody's got to be the same and you have to be in a certain group and you have to be a certain size and you have to, you know, and I I it makes my brain mushy and it makes me not necessarily want to go out and be a part of anything that's happening around here. So when I went out to California, I felt so stimulated, but I kind of almost felt overwhelmed and overstimulated because I'm just so not, not used to it. And, you know, so I was like, I'm, you know, I'm coming out of a cave. And, and <laughs> a little bit of that is pandemic living though, because even yeah. when you were here, we went out more than I usually go out. You know, yeah. I mean, it was, but no, it's true. I mean, everybody looks different. Everybody dresses differently. Yeah. Like everybody. And I, and I mean, not all the same, although there's some the same, but it, it is like a different vibe. We also, by the way, I mean, Lenya, we walked down Melrose. Like we went out because we well, took that, that was, Timothy. Was, we took I love down Melrose. We I took, love down Melrose. We took Timothy to a vintage t-shirt shopping. You know <gasps> what I mean? And so. Oh, you know what oh I felt like when, you know, I was interesting because when I walked out, I felt sad that I was 50 and I could never, I was never that adventurous or that cool. Do you know what I mean? Because the kid that sold us the t-shirts with the two-tone hair and all the tattoos, he was probably 12 years old. And, you know, and honestly, you know, Tim was like, I think he had a drug deal in the, in the store. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know that he really did. He could have. I don't know. I, I told him, like, I don't know. Could have. Probably not, but maybe. Well, there is but. Timothy stereotyping just because yes. he had bracelet yes. tattoos and a two-color hair. Well, oh well and also because he was, in, he was in an urban environment. I mean, he's not right. in an urban environment. I mean, the kid is probably, you know, some dweeb that is doing rocket science at Caltech. And this yes, is exactly. a job. Although, exactly. really, Lenya, I met, that's not true. But, I mean, it could have been. It could have been. <laughs> it could have been. It, you know, it was true, but I'm just saying, but I was like, I, I felt like a little like mourning that like I'm, I'm yeah. 50 and I don't, I don't get to do that. Like, I don't, I don't. No, 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 no. Lenya's going to tell you to no. shave your head right now. You get to go do, do whatever it. you want to do, right? I know you live in a very conservative area, but if you decided tomorrow to dye your hair pink, that is people eventually will get over the fact that your hair is pink and will still respect you for you. It, but sure. it is, you would be uncomfortable for a few moments for maybe a week or two while everybody dealt with the fact that you're different. But I mean, let me tell you something, you'd survive. I know. And, and it's funny because I have to tell my daughter that like, again, like going back to that, you know, she's got the same type of hair as Tim and she, we straight, I straightened mine because I just have. And so we straightened hers just one day. She went into school and everybody told her how pretty she was and how much better her hair looked straight. And she came home and she cried because she was like, you know, she went to school feeling all happy because it was something different, but was told that it was better. And I, I told her, I'm just like, well, it's because everybody here has straight blonde hair. Do you know what I mean? So they, they think you look pretty because that's just... You know, that's the only thing they know how to appreciate because you look the same. That's it. That that's It's not that you don't look beautiful the other way. I mean, your hair is awesome. And look, you can have your hair both ways. They can't. Like, you know. Exactly. And I'm like, but, you know, but I try to preach to her always like this. You know what? Embrace your, that you're different. And, you know. Yeah, those girls are turds. 
Yeah. But also, those girls. And are she can play this podcast for all of them and say, "My aunt Zandra called you turds." <laughs> so also, these girls are going to want to be here later. You oh, know that. absolutely! They're going to want to be here. This is the way it always goes. Yes. And <laughs> with that, we're going to sign off this week. We love you, everybody. Have a good week. And you can find us at womenbridgingthegap.com. You can find us on Facebook and not Twitter and Insta and maybe one day TikTok. And maybe we'll get off Facebook because we're not going to be part of the meta. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. We will not be part of meta, but maybe we'll start doing dances on TikTok. I'm doing one. And I'll be like, Lenya, you're so gorge. You're so gorge, Lenya. Can I be you? Can I be you? You're hilarious. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.